Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. We are. Yes, we're good. Recording with Dr. Joe Lee, episode 992. Coming up on a thousand Friday, November 18th, 2022, 2.54 p.m. Eastern time. Dr. Lee, please introduce yourself, my man. We spoke briefly on the phone two days ago, three days ago. Sure. I don't yeah. remember. Introduce yourself, man. So I'm basically um, a LASIK surgeon. I've done 80,000 LASIK surgeries in the past 24 years or so. I did my fellowship out at USC Doheny under this doctor, Peter McDonald who became the director of Optho at Johns Hopkins. And um, so he, he's been there for at least 15 years. Uh, when I first discovered all these issues with the COVID vaccine, he's he's one of the first people I w- uh, took it up with. And he was extremely impressed with it. And we've kept in touch about it. We've probably talked every month or two for the past two and a half years. And he's only had positive words to say. He He, he does understand how crazy the world is and how crazy this political climate is. And he felt like, oh my God, they might even put you in prison. And half kiddingly, but you know, with Governor Newsom's new bill where they penalize, they can punish doctors for quoting, saying misinformation about the COVID vaccine to their patients. Uh, he, he basically told me, well, yeah, if they do put you in prison, I'll fly out from Baltimore and bail you out. Well. If we're if you're in prison, I'll be there with you for propagating. <laughs> if you if you go to prison, I'm the precedent will be set for if that's misinformation. I'm the one that hosts all of y'all, so I'll I'll get like eight thousand life sentences. Yeah, the government, the, uh, the California Medical Board and Governor Newsom, they're a little bit tricky about this because it's physicians. Okay. If, if a, a physician says something negative about the COVID vaccine to their patient. Now, so what I did to govern for Governor Governor Newsom is I wrote him a 17-page letter before he signed the bill into law. And I said hundreds of questions. I said, which of these questions will become illegal once you make your new bill into law? Yeah. Now, if I put all these questions into a book, will you burn the book? <laughs> now, if somebody just thinks of the question, are they also punished? Or do they have to actually speak it? Now, if they just read it without understanding the question, will they also be punished? I mean, it is, it's, censorship of free speech is ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, what does he know? He's not a physician. What does he know? What does he know about medicine? So what I did to the California Medical Board is I said, okay, California Medical Board, I gave him, gave the California Medical Board all my information, what, a year and a half ago? And I, I, I could susp- I thought that something like this might happen. So I was being proactive, trying to defend myself. And I sent them all this information. I said, okay, tell me if it's misinformation or not. Because I'm, I'm spreading this information everywhere. And they did not call it misinformation. Dr. Harold Krauss was one of the board members at the time. I called him up. He's also an ophthalmologist. I explained everything. He, he seemed like he understood. He emailed me back and did not call my information misinformation, but said he would try to help me forward it. Now, does that sound like what the information I had was misinformation? No, clearly not. Okay, so backing up, I gotta explain what I'm actually talking about here. So uh, when the average person doesn't seem to understand this, but this is, it's kind of a weird thing that no one figured this out, but everyone was just, it's like boiling a, lobster the lobster doesn't get it it's the temperature slowly increases and he never knows it so when you get a covid vaccine you form antibodies in your blood yeah yeah well our lung is an airspace inside our body and our body is 70 percent water if our lung wasn't able to keep that water out we would drown in our own fluids 
Now we're not drowning. So the question is, why aren't we drowning? Because our lung is surrounded by a essentially waterproof membrane. Mm-hmm. In scientific terms, it's called the blood lung barrier. And if you Google that term, there's millions of hits on it. I didn't invent the phrase. So this blood lung barrier that surrounds our lung airspace can keep out water molecules. The size of a water molecule is 18 Daltons. And when you get the COVID vaccine, you form antibodies in your blood. And they have to go across this blood lung barrier to get into the lung. And the COVID antibody is a molecule that's 145,000 Daltons in size. 145,000? Yes. This isn't a small thing. This is the biggest mistake in the history of medicine. So a water molecule, if it looks like a Diet Coke, a COVID antibody in relative size looks like a small car. And if this lung barrier can stop water and keep our lungs dry, what are the chances that this antibody can willy-nilly cross this membrane? Let's play, let's play, I'll play devil's advocate. Is it, does it selectively, is it selectively impermeable to, to water? And not, not other other molecules. So maybe if it if it has like a, if it appears hydrophobic or something. I'm. It's been ten years since I got a and I love theory, it. So and I little, love it. Little, and little rusty. Little rusty. And I love it. But you're a very nice devil. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Okay. So there isn't a paper on earth, a peer-reviewed paper that describes an active transport mechanism, that can ferry these antibodies, gargantuan molecules across the blood lung barrier. There isn't a known. So, you know, I I have this challenge on Twitter. I say, okay, I think that the COVID antibody destroyed basically a million times less COVID RNA strands within lung cells compared to the ribonuclease molecule. And I have a million dollar bet. And I put this bet. So basically what I'm saying is, okay, so the antibody doesn't seem to have an access, a path into our lung. Even beyond that, go back to the year 2020, January, 2020. Did anyone in the US have a COVID antibody? No, because it requires an infection or a vaccine. Neither, neither one was available. For your first COVID experience in the year 2020, you did, had not had prior COVID. So you didn't have COVID antibodies in your blood. So 20 million of us got COVID, supposedly, whatever the numbers are, in the year 2020. Did any of us have a COVID antibody in our blood? We didn't. Yeah. On day zero, we didn't. On day seven of our illness, we didn't. And yet 90% of us healed in a week to 10 days without COVID antibodies. Now, the point is, So in the year 2020, and everyone knows this data because everyone lived through this. We got COVID for the first time in the year 2020. We didn't have COVID antibodies in your blood. Okay. And yet we healed within a week to 10 days. Has anyone described the mechanism whereby we healed? Uh, It seems kind of important, right? For sure. Because clearly the antibody had nothing to do with it. It wasn't even there. It's analogous to saying, how did we heal scrapes before the invention of Band-Aids? Right. Okay. So you see how bizarre this mistake is? Yeah. It's sitting right there for everyone. If the COVID antibody was instrumental in our healing from COVID, it needed a time machine in the year 2020, which makes it science fiction and not science. Okay. Okay, so then that's a huge issue of, of itself, right? Yeah. And you know, the COVID antibody finally arrives late. And I say, hey, guys, there's no path for the antibody into the lung airspace. Now, I take this all the way up to Dr. Fauci, right, in October of 2020, send him a letter. I sent a letter to every member of Congress because I thought this was important, right? Because I, I could see they, they were going to try to make this vaccine work. And I'm like, well, there's a huge flaw with this. There's a mis- this is a big mistake. Okay, so Dr. Emily Erbelding is right under Dr. Fauci. She's a director of infectious disease and allergy, uh, 
infectious disease. He's he's right above her, director of infectious disease and, and, and uh, AI. And she's the director of infectious. So she responds, and I can tell from her email that she's not happy because she says, "Thank you very much, Dr. Lee, for writing this letter to blah blah blah, including Dr. Fauci, because she's not going to take the fall for this. She's going to make sure." Everyone knows that this is in response to the letter I sent to Dr. Fauci. Okay. And the head of the NIH, Dr. Collins at the time, and a couple other givens, I think, and a couple other people. So now Dr. Emily Rebelli has to try to explain this. And she basically doesn't have an answer except to say the word transudation. That's how the antibody crosses the lung barrier into the lung. So if you look up transudation in Webster's Medical Dictionary, it says, Transudation is a process of crossing a membrane. So I'm asking her how the antibody crosses this membrane. And she's explaining, Dr. Lee, don't worry. The antibody crosses the membrane by a process called crossing a membrane. That's it's not kind of, an action. Kind of dismissive. The very, I like, very much so. I love this devil. <laughs> so, you know, what am I supposed to think? I'm like, they're saying, okay, they have very good data. I'm like, but I explained to you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But the antibody can't access the lung airspace. So you have to look at your data in a different way. Maybe that's not the answer. So I said, I'm not, I, I, I do not believe all of you lied. Sure. I believe you. I believe your data is good. But why it's good, we have to figure out. Because in science and medicine, we have to try to understand how something occurred. How it occurred is critical. So it couldn't have occurred by the neutralizing antibody because the neutralizing antibody has no obvious path into the lung. So then how did it occur? So I said, look, your study, you gave the COVID vaccine to 20,000 people and only 10 people got COVID. You gave the placebo to 20,000 people and 200 people got infected. So this, your, there's your 95%. Now, here's my theory. It couldn't have been via an antibody, which wasn't there. So here's my theory on why it worked. Your COVID vaccine is known to cause a side effect of muscle aches. Well, that's because it tricks the body into forming chemokines, interleukins, interferon. Some of those are antiviral. What if it was just your side effect that causes miraculous result? You should compare your COVID vaccine to the flu vaccine mm -hmm. because the flu vaccine will also give you muscle aches. So if you stimulate the same response, maybe that's what's okay. The response itself. Now, along later, they found that even the tetanus shot is effective against COVID. They recently found, they published an article saying that the flu vaccine was protective against COVID. Yes, consistent with my theory that your side effect is the reason why it worked. Uh, and I explained this to him in 73 pages in February of 2021. I also put a copyright on it because I didn't want him to later say, oh, you didn't send it to me. Send it to him in as many different ways as I could. Even hired attorneys to send it to him. It took me forever to find one attorney that was brave enough to take on just sending a letter. Because remember how crazy the cancel culture was at the time? I probably had to call 100 attorneys to find one that was brave enough to send a damn letter. Of course, I ended up sending 200 letters. but So, so now in the 73 pages, I explained to him, no, your vaccine? Okay, I'm not disagreeing that it didn't work. I am saying it worked. But it worked for a very different reason than what you thought. It worked because it tricked your body into forming chemokines. Now, if that is the reason why it worked, it's not a vaccine, it's a medicine. And in the history of medicine, you are not allowed to give a medicine if somebody doesn't have the illness. I mean, I can get meningitis next year. Should I just keep taking amoxicillin every day of my life to prevent me from getting meningitis later? See, the risk benefit of any medicine does not work out because there's a risk there's a benefit. The benefit is zero when you don't have the illness. Yeah. So then the risk benefit ratio becomes astronomical.
yeah, you for can't. any medicine when you don't have the illness. Yeah, well, you, you can't divide by zero. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Fauci and or Belding, when I sent this to them, no, I didn't just send it. I sent it in 73 pages. So there's no out for them because any scientist that looks at my informational thing, I'm like, this guy has a point. This guy has a really good point. He's he's showing the possible huge mistake with this vaccine. The antibody doesn't have an obvious path into the lung. And what Emily or Belding, the director of infectious disease in the United States, can say one word, transudation, and reference an article from 1985 by Wagner. And Wagner says transudation would allow uh, diffusion across a barrier like the lung less than 1% of its serum blood value. Less than 1%. That's for a 100,000 Dalton molecule. COVID antibody happens to be 145,000, so it's less than 1% that could get across by simple diffusion. And that's assuming a straight line, which is not true. Like a chain link fence, mm -hmm. if it allows ping pong balls through, the bigger it allows less and less. Well, big basketballs would never get through a chain link fence. It's not 1%. Yeah, 1% of it point. doesn't get through. It's, it's yeah, it's a quantum quantum leap. There's no fractions. It's right. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a curve. It, yeah. It's not, it's, you know, it's not a straight line. But even with the straight line, which is to their favor, it would allow less than 1%. So then, you know, in 73 pages, I explained this very carefully. And the director of infectious disease has no answer for how it crosses. And remember, it doesn't even matter whether it crossed or not. You know why? It wasn't even there in the year 2020. So in the year 2020, the COVID antibody wasn't there because you had to have an infection to have it or a vaccine, and neither of those existed. So everyone who got COVID and survived COVID within 10 days in the year 2020, the COVID antibody had nothing to do with it. So whatever mechanism saved us in the year 2020, why would it stop working in the year 2021? Because it saved at least 98% of us in the year 2020. And if we know what that mechanism is that saved us in the year 2020, which clearly it wasn't the antibody, then we can facilitate that mechanism and maybe make it 99.99%. Mm. You see how silly this is? I mean, these are the world's best scientists. And when I explain this to them, they should get it, right? Because any scientist that looks at what I'm saying, the first thing is, okay, you might not be right, but we definitely don't understand the COVID vaccine then. And we definitely need to understand this better. That's the only... Uh, appropriate response. You don't even have to agree with me. You just have to say, holy cow, what is going on here? We just thought it was a neutralizing antibody yeah. in the lung. And yeah, you're right. It's huge. How is it going to get into the lung when this lung barrier can clearly stop water molecules? Well, we, we, we should have an understanding of this before we start vaccinating infants and children, right? There is no appropriate response other than to say, let's stop this. For any scientist, because as a scientist, you want to understand. And then I present this amazing alternate hypothesis that explains their good data. Hey, it could just have been your side effect. Because every review study on mRNA vaccines says, oh, this is kind of interesting. This is where your straight line comes into play. The J&J &J vaccine is one COVID antigen spike antigen. So, so you get 50% protection because it tricks your body, gets your body a little bit annoyed, but that's it. The AstraZeneca was two shots. So it had a little bit more tricking your body into activating chemokines. So it was like 70, 80%. Then you jump to 95% with the mRNA vaccines because you give one shot, that mRNA is very tricky. I mean, it, it tricks your body into saying, wow, we need to start pumping out chemokines. That's why everyone feels really sick. And then when that mRNA becomes converted to COVID spike antigen in your body, your body freaks out again. Twice your body freaked out and produced chemokines, which some of which are antiviral. And then you get the booster and the booster becomes antigen. Four times you tricked your body into producing chemokines over a five month period. Did anyone ever wonder why the flu vaccine never seemed to work so well? And suddenly this brand new vaccine that had never worked, ever had been tried, in, on a mass scale, suddenly was amazingly 95% effective. 
Well, because of the flu vaccine, you do you, you test it over a one-year period. And you get the vaccine and it works for a month or so mm-hmm. because you send your body into producing chemokines. That benefit over that first month is what spread out over the year. That's why some years it doesn't look like it works so well because it didn't really do much. It did something for about a month. The COVID vaccine, it tricked your body four times in a five-month study. Of course, it's going to look like it worked. So now I have this alternate theory that explains all their findings. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying they all lied. They were all evil. They all get it on this. No, I'm saying they did their job. They, they got the results. And the results were for another reason. In science, it's called a false positive. And if you look up uh, the replication crisis in science, there was a study put out about 10, 12 years ago in Nature. Half the data that we that is published cannot be replicated. Okay, so this one, this COVID vaccine study can be replicated. They keep getting that false positive. But the reason why they got the results were not what they thought. Well, clearly it's not the neutralizing antibody. Neutralizing antibody has no path. Complicated? Very. <laughs> so <clears throat> what are the uh, what are the big picture implications of this then? Is it that in one way, it kind of seems like it's a it's a discovery that there are secondary and tertiary effects of existing vaccines and shots, um, tetanus, flu shot, that could, if, if it could, going along these lines of thinking, if, if the side effects of those shots could fight COVID, then theoretically they could also fight other infections. So, I mean, that, that would be a discovery, right? If a, a tetanus booster, I actually got a tetanus booster last year. It'd been like 15 years. Theoretically, that that would mean that it could fight other, I guess, SARS variations or maybe even outside of SARS. But remember, there was no antibody of any sort, IgA, IgG, IgM. Well, IgM may have started forming in the year 2020 when we got COVID and yet we recovered. So what was the mechanism whereby we recovered? Because that's the big discovery. Yeah. Because something made us heal. And whatever that something was, if we understand it, we can facilitate that. Yeah. So I, I did find that. So drop the antibody. Forget about the antibody. It didn't even exist in the year 2020. You need yeah. a time machine to get it to put into play in the year 2020. So here's the cell. Okay. So the virus, COVID virus, infects our lung cells. Remember, no antibodies to stop it. So this COVID virus has a heyday. Willy-nilly infects as many cells as it wants to because there are no antibodies to stop it. And yet 98% of us healed or more. And it's higher in younger people. So here's a theory, here's a cell. When the virus injects its RNA into our cells, that viral RNA is the enemy, correct? What do you think we should do with it? Get rid of it? Yes. Every person knows we should destroy the enemy. Mm-hmm. So this viral RNA is inside the cell. It is the enemy. We want to destroy it. What else do you do to the enemy? You don't help it. What else do you do? You let all the friendlies know how to fight the enemy. So those are three principles. With any enemy everywhere, this is, it all applies. So the viral RNA is the enemy. We want to destroy it. Oh, well, guess what? Ribonuclease enzymes are amazing at destroying RNA. Well, why wouldn't they be the enzyme, the molecule that humanity should celebrate? Why is it the antibody, which wasn't even there? The ribonuclease was there in all our cells. It's in our cells. It's outside our cells. This is how ironic it gets. It's even in the COVID vaccine mRNA vials. The, the RNA enzyme is? The RNA, ribonuclease enzyme is ubiquitous, it's everywhere, it's in your hair. We shed more of it than dandruff. It's in all the vials. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. If it is in a COVID vaccine vial, it'll destroy their their RNA. It destroys any RNA. You can autoclave it, it still retains functionality, which is very unusual for an enzyme. So it's like a, 
What are those bacteria? Extremophiles, the ones that can like survive orbital reentry and they live at the And they condition. also use ribonuclease. Oh, that makes sense. What what are those little um what are those really little animals that look like bears? You know what I'm talking about? It's I like mean, a, like, like there's a lot of them. There's so many different ones. There's you know, some there's some like microorganism that that like <clears throat> it's like an extremophile. It can like live in sulfur vents, it can like live on like the moon. Um, I forget what they are. Okay, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, this is this is the issue. The ribonuclease is the enzyme that saves us. I mean, we want to destroy the RNA inside our cell. That's what the ribonuclease does. Now, whatever that enemy wants to do, we shouldn't help it. Well, that enemy wants to become protein. We can't let it grow. The way to fight this virus is to not let it grow. So every school kid knows that a virus does not grow on its own. It grows within our cells. Mm -hmm. But our cells aren't always growing at the same speed. When we don't eat, our cells grow a lot slower. The fastest way to let every one of your cells in your body know, hey, there's a shortage. We shouldn't grow. The fastest way is to not eat. Our cells are not stupid. They don't hoard tissue paper when there's no tissue paper. <laughs> they just stop growing. Yeah. Because if a cell keeps growing when you're not eating, that's cancer. So every cell has an amazing mechanism to, to slow down its growth when there's no food available. So you know what the old wives tell, feed a fever, starve a cold? It's starve a fever and starve a cold. And this is how incredible it gets. The, the layman's version is very simple. Viruses, they don't grow on their own. They grow within our cells. When you don't eat, all your cells know within six to eight hours to grow a lot less, lot less fast. They slow down their growth. Then they don't grow the virus. Then less of your cells are sick. You cough out less virus, other people are less sick. And the pandemic could have been over in two days. Two days of fasting. Now, literally, it might be a week or two, but it doesn't even matter because the moment everyone realizes when you get a sore throat, when you get COVID, food can potentially kill you. Who's going to eat? No, it's been updated by people that porphyria is some weird medical disease, metabolic disease, and if they don't eat, they can die. Obviously, it's not for them. Sure. And diabetics yeah. have weird issues with blood sugar. Obviously, they have to do it under doctor's orders. I don't want to get sued for promoting this, and I'm just trying to help. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. definitely read my website before you do any of this. I have all my disclaimers in there. But the point is, 7 billion of us, when we were toddlers and we got sick, we did the same thing. We got fussy and we didn't eat. How much more proof do you, you need than that? Now, I happen to find the biochemical pathway. So what happens is when you don't eat and you fast, inside a cell, your reactive oxygen species goes up. Well, the ribonuclease is like a pit bull. But it has, a, it has an inhibitor on there that binds it and doesn't let it work. That inhibitor, when it's oxidized, it releases the ribonuclease. And then the ribonuclease can go chop up all the RNA, our RNA, virus RNA, whatever RNA it sees, it just chops up. But we have DNA, we can make more RNA, and so we can grow again. So it's one step back to, go, to live, to go forward, one step back. So every child on earth, when they get sick, they get fussy and they don't want to eat because that instinct is extremely protective. And some people tell me, yeah, I knew that. I didn't feel like eating anyways. That's not the point. If, you know, some people do want to eat and they will eat, but if they know this, they won't. So the whole mask controversy to me was silly. I didn't even ever enter the mask controversy fray because it's not, I mean, this is simple materials. Let every other scientist handle that. But then when I started paying attention, no one was handling the issue. So I said, look, this is the reason why masks are stupid. Masks are stupid because you're creating hundreds of billions of virus particles in your body. And you want to stop 99.99% of them. Why don't you go to the source of where the viruses are coming from and stop that there? Because if you don't eat, you're ribonucleases are more activated. They destroy more virus RNA. Your less of your cells are sick. You produce less virus. You cough out less virus. Infinitely more useful to not eat as opposed to 
try to stop it all with these little masks. I, one of my followers on Twitter sent me a video, amazing video, showing put mask on outside, dead of winter. It coughs. You see all the yeah, steam. Yeah. Okay, so the mask itself is N95 means it can stop 95% of 300 uh, nanometer particles. The virus is 100 nanometers. So yeah, it's carrying droplets. Maybe you think you can stop the droplets, but the virus is smaller than what the mask can stop. And so see the silliness of trying to stop all these viruses from getting out? It's silly. So when you have this concept that any little bit of good is good, it's incorrect. Because I can use a spoon to grow a little garden and you know grow 10 years of corn and donate it to Africa, and that is a little bit of good. But it's stupidity because my time is better spent doing something else that is much more efficient where I can make more money and then, then donate it. So no, it's not true that every bit of, little bit of good is good. Not true. That's not scientific. It is not science. It's the exact opposite of science. Now, if anyone wants to wear a mask to protect themselves more, all for it. Go for it. But don't ever go up to somebody who's not wearing a mask and yell at them because 300 of these little poison particles can kill you. And he's coughing out 100 million sometimes at a time. And if you're really worried about these poison particles, you wouldn't go up to him and yell at him for not wearing a mask. You would just stay away from him. But the truth is, if you know how to fight it and how our body fought it, you're not so worried about it. We have been sharing respiratory viruses since the beginning of time. To suddenly say that we shouldn't be sharing them is ridiculous. It is yeah. a lot to take in. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I'm just thinking. Yeah, if you really wanted to, uh, if you were really critical of like the the disaster at Chernobyl, you wouldn't go to Chernobyl and start criticizing people there. You'd stay the fuck away from the radioactive wasteland. Correct. So masks are very, very silly. The science that they have tried to put out on masks is very, very silly. The whole point is COVID cannot be... Okay, this is the way I, I break down in my 73-page letter. It's not very nice to Dr. Fauci. But I say, look, if it's the year 20, let's pretend it's the year 2010. And I'm the director of infectious disease. And I decide to play an April Fool's joke on everyone. I say, this, the variant this year, people, the variant this year, is scary. It will kill you. So out of your 30 friends, three get the flu every year. Well, they, you know, stay at home, sweat it out. And, you know, they suffer a little bit, but who goes to the hospital for a young person when they have the flu? So that's 30, 10% of Americans, 30 million Americans that get the flu. Now I freak them all out. You're going to die. This Everyone's worried they're going to die. When you have the flu, it's already hard to breathe. And when you're in panic mode, it's even worse. And you're just going to start hyperventilating. You're, you're going to feel worse. It's going to get in your head. So 30 million people, if I send 30 million young people with the flu, I scare them into 5,000 emergency rooms in the country. There's only 5,000. Every one of them is going to infect how many elderly people at the hospital? What, three or four? I can infect 100 million elderly people if I spook everyone with the flu. And if 100 million elderly people go to the hospital and they get, there's this coughing person and everyone said, there's now 100 million elderly people that get infected with COVID or the flu. They go home, 5 million will die. I can kill 5 million with, you know, everyone says Governor Cuomo screwed up when he sent patients back to nursing homes. Fauci screwed up infinitely bigger when he sent young patients with COVID who weren't going to die of it to emergency rooms. Because remember at the time, Trump was saying, hey, maybe this isn't so serious. Kids were having COVID parties. He was correct. It's not serious. It's serious for elderly people. Like every other respiratory virus on earth. And so if we ever have the next, another pandemic, which we won't, because people will know, oh, I can control it by not eating. I produce a lot less virus by not eating for a couple of days, right? If the population is educated on this, we're not going to ever have a pandemic like this. But if we ever do, we will know not to send young people to the same hospital that older people are at. We will separate out the hospitals. And, you know, I'm a LASIK surgeon. Dr. Fauci should have known this cold. 
but he's he wasn't thinking he's not that smart and he tricked us with his skincare he's not that fast and that savvy and so he actually killed this is, a, this is these are all the ways that dr fauci killed people the vaccine killed people he didn't stop it when i gave him the information right so what else happened he you know he could have he could have saved people by not sending people to the er he got the elderly infected and fasting is a cure for COVID. any questions no i'm fascinated oh. keep going I just, you know, I, I've been at this for two and a half years. I've reached out to the CDC, the FDA, the NIH. I remember talking to the uh, FDA media director, and he was very open. And I said, you guys kind of get on top of this. You have to stop it. If there's not a single scientist at the FDA that understands how the antibody enters the lung space, airspace, shouldn't you have a warning label on the vaccines that say that? Because if you have a warning label that says that, what mother will actually vaccinate her children? None. Right? And yet, they can't do the right thing. So, it's how simple it is. COVID, it can't be a more serious virus than influenza. Yeah. Because influenza has been within humanity for, what, 10, 20,000 years, at, at least. So influenza mutated, developed little tricks and is sneaky and it even tries to hide and does all sorts of things to be a little bit difficult for ourselves. COVID came from pangolins that diverged from carnivora 50 million years ago. And pangolins don't look like us on the inside. And every mutation that COVID endured to become better and more of an efficient killer at killing pangolins, it doesn't work against us. So COVID, the COVID virus for humans the COVID virus is a baby virus. I'm not denying people die. I obviously understand people died. But if we understood what it was, we would know how to manage it better. And it's simple, just not eat. So I guess it comes down to, what's that quote? I think it was around Watergate, but it's what did they know and when did they know it? So then it comes down to, is it incompetence or is it maliciousness? And you know that's that's that won't be for me to judge, right? Sure, that that seems to be more of a, a legal, legal issue. Yeah, but you know, there there's a lot of legal issues here. For example, the Prep Act gave the COVID vaccine anyone involved in the COVID vaccine. The Prep Act gave those organizations legal immunity. Yeah, but the immunity had a condition. Willful misconduct was an exception. So if you were involved in willful misconduct, well, legal immunity vanishes. So I sent Big Pharma all this information and I have a paper trail. Now, if I tell Big Pharma, hey, Pfizer, you don't understand how your antibody enters a long airspace. And I didn't just send it to one person. I sent it to all the directors and certified letters and emails and letters via attorney because I know they're gonna deny all this, right? And I even caught up their hotline, their vaccines out of a hotline, which was being recorded on their side and my side. So now, once they're informed, their antibody has no path into the lung airspace. If they keep wanting to sell it, is that willful misconduct? And then everyone with a side effect. Do they have a case against Pfizer? See, it was a, the, the exception to this uh, PrEP Act le legal immunity for these companies was patient had a severe side effect, and if the company or organization was involved in willful misconduct, then there is no legal immunity. So are we actually going to see any repercussions from it then? Well, I, I'm going to find a class action attorney firm, and I have the I have a thick paper trail. And so then the, it'll go to the jury. The jury will have to decide if it's willful misconduct or not. Yeah. But I even spelled out in the letters. Hey, if you don't understand how the antibody enters the lung airspace and you still want to sell the vaccine, then the PrEP Act 
may mean that you don't have legal immunity. Yeah. So I explained every part of this to the to Pfizer as I was doing it over a year ago. So now do they what will the jury say about that? Well, shouldn't you have responded to this doctor? I like said, oh no, this is how it happens. Oh no, this is the way our vaccine works. Because Dr. Emily R. Belding felt the need to justify the need for the antibody inside the lung. You know, Pfizer came out recently. And, you know, out of the blue, what did they say? We, no transmissibility. We didn't check for transmission. Uh, why did they say that we didn't check for transmission? Why? I mean, out of the blue. It's not even like, <clears throat> that's the one that gets me. It's not even that like a leaked document came out years later and they showed that like, hey, it actually wasn't as effective as we thought, but it was a global pandemic. We didn't want to scare everybody and say that it didn't work. They straight uh -huh. up didn't. They didn't even conduct the test. It's one thing if I'm like, hey, I went to the gas station and they didn't have any regular. And then like later I'm like, hey, Joe, I actually didn't even leave the apartment. I just sat on the <laughs> toilet all day. You'd be like, the fuck? Dude? Like you didn't even. Right? it's You didn't even give it A for effort. You just straight up were like, yeah, you know. So everyone was kind of stunned about that, right? Everybody. You know, I know why. I have a theory. These are theories. And I put all this on my Twitter too, but this is a theory and I don't want to get sued for it because it's a theory. Yeah. In an alternate universe, a bad Pfizer may have behaved this way. So this is fiction at this point. right? So I called up Moderna and I ranted and raved for 20 minutes. And they were recording it, and I was recording it. And I think Moderna was shocked. In my mind, okay, this is theory, because I don't know what's happening in their minds, right? But, but if, I had, if I'm a fly in the room of the Moderna boardroom, I'm like, everyone's like, what, what, guys, what the hell is going Our antibody doesn't enter the long ears. What's going on here? Get, let's get to the bottom of this. And like, this guy is saying some weird stuff, and they play my tape over and over and over again. They try to figure out what's going on. And then who are they going to go to? They're like, if this guy came to us, he probably went to Pfizer too, because selling so, so, so the same vaccine, right? So we should call Pfizer. This is what I'm, this is in my mind, imagination. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened, right? If they call Pfizer, what's Pfizer going to say? Uh, guys, slow down. Yeah, we we've gotten we've gotten these emails from a year ago. Apparently, we, we there's a paper whole paper trail he sent us. And he, he finally got to you guys too, but we, yeah, we, we've known about this for a while. And, you know, this is, this is what happened. This is our defense. These are smart lawyers, right? Our defense is this. You know, this doctor came to us and said, hey, guys, your antibody doesn't get in the lung. All we have to say is, we never planned for our antibody to get in the lung. So he's telling us something, but we never planned for it. So he's telling us something, but it doesn't matter because we never planned for our antibody to get in the lung then it's not willful misconduct. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think that they're trying to weasel out, but they can't say to the world, hey, world, our, we never planned for our antibody to get into the lung, but we, what we can say is let's lawyer it up and change the words and say, uh, we never checked for transmission. Yeah. Which is essentially the same thing, because if the uh... antibody isn't in the lung, it can't prevent transmission. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know if I'm right. I'm just yeah. saying an alternate universe where there's an evil Pfizer, this is what they would do. Yeah. It's uh it's like we didn't technically lose the Vietnam War because we haven't declared <laughs> war since nineteen forty two. So technically we never lost the Vietnam War because there was no Vietnam War. Playing with words. Isn't that what lawyers do? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's evil, but I mean it's 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 smart. It's not a bad play. I mean, just from a purely, I guess, like chessboard, like you want to win at all costs sort of way. So that could well, that because could at be. the time I, I explained to Pfizer over a year ago in my emails, I said, "Look, you may destroy the whole company." Because let me do the math for you. I'm just going to do a paper nap napkin, just like basic like calculation. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I have no idea. I'm just throwing out numbers. You vaccinate 10 billion people, you know, because you vaccinate so for several times, right? 10 billion. Let's say one, let's say 0.1% have a severe side effect. That's 10 million. And then let's say your average payout is 100,000. 
10 million times 100,000. That's adding five zeros. 10 million goes 100 million, a billion, 10 billion, 100 billion. Yeah. A trillion. Okay. So, you know, I don't know what the numbers are. I just told them at the time, you may destroy your whole company over this one vaccine. So why would you want to do that? Especially when you just have to say, it's not our fault right now. The moment I inform you, it's not your fault. You didn't know. All you have to do is stop it for a while, reassess what's happening, and then sell it again if you're good. But if you're wrong, you're doing the right thing. But if you don't do what I just described, isn't that willful misconduct? Yeah, they can try to weasel out all sorts of different ways. But the problem is the fact that they didn't even respond to it is misconduct. Now, I, that's my opinion. Of course, the jury can decide something very different. But look at the fallout. Look at the number of people who had side effects. Yeah. What is it in the United States? They think it's as high as like 16 million injuries. It's, you know, even my brother, in spite of everything I know, got the vaccine, had, within a week, had a massive heart attack, is alive and doing well right now, but he struggled, right? And he lost some heart tissue and his ejection fraction was super low. Jeez. And do you, and I told him, hey, Johan, did, uh, did your cardiologist report it? Yeah, oh, his insurance company, his insurance information has all that information. He's sure it was reported to, CC, to the CDC. I'm like, you know, it doesn't work like that in medicine. Are you sure? I, I, he's sure. They have the information. No, it doesn't work that way. It's extremely complicated to report a side effect to the CDC. You have to like spend hours. And if it's, and his cardiologist never mentioned it. See, I have a beef with cardiologists because every cardiologist in the U.S. on earth is 50 to 80% busier. Okay, they're busier. Why are they busier? They all know they're suddenly a lot busier. <laughs> they're all, yeah, it's it's that weird, uh, it's that weird conflict, that moral conflict of interest when we go to, you know, on one hand, you don't want to go to war, but on the other hand, you produce missiles. So you're like, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, Bell Helicopter wasn't too hesitant about the Vietnam War. Yeah, I mean that's and I for my own legal reasons, no, I don't. I'm not saying that as fact and slandering anyone, but I mean, yeah, if I'm a cardiologist, the business is booming right now. You got you got five month olds having heart problems that eighty year olds have. You're cashing I, in. I am so mad at cardiologists. I wrote a thread just for them. I said the 399 potential other antibodies that the COVID vaccine could have produced. Now, go through the mRNA. It's a certain length. It produces a spike protein. But can it get cut in half? I don't know. And if it's half, will it produce an antibody, uh, a protein half as long? I don't know. It wouldn't be a COVID spike protein, though. You could imagine it being cut up in at least 100 different ways and produce 100 different proteins that are different lengths. Then would they not all produce a different three-dimensional shape when they fold? I don't know. And then would they all produce six different antibodies, at least four each, because it's a different shape? I don't know. But were these questions even asked? I don't know. And an antibody, how big is it? Pretty big. And how big is albumin? 50,000 Daltons or so. And a COVID antibody, $145,000. And every scientist knows that albumin makes liquid more viscous because it's a big molecule. Well, the COVID antibody is three times as big. So it's going to make the blood more viscous. And it's synthetic RNA. So do you know how long you're producing it for? Oh, we don't know. Could it be twice as long as the average? Could some people have 100%, some people have 10% production. I don't know. But the heart cardiovascular system is a pump system. And when you have more viscous fluid running through a pump system, the hardest, the most pressure and wear and tear falls on the pump that is yeah. the heart. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't know for sure, but you've potentially made the blood a lot more viscous, possibly up to 399 different antibodies. I don't know. And those antibodies can all increase the viscosity of blood, maybe. And so you have these coronary blood vessels that feed the heart blood and oxygen, the heart muscle. And though they're small, smaller caliber, and when blood is more viscous, it affects the blood flow through the smallest blood vessels most. I know that for a fact. So then even walking up a flight of stairs might put more risk on, on, on your heart than it normally would and cause a heart attack. Is that possible? Yes. So every cardiovascular event that occurred after the vaccine, they want to say, oh, he had pre-existing conditions. Yeah, 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 I get it. But every time there's a COVID death, they could have been talking to somebody on the phone with COVID and you attribute their death to COVID. And you don't disregard all their pre-existing conditions. But when it comes to the vaccine, you have to disregard every possible thing. And it has to be a perfectly clean COVID vaccine death that they get right after the shot within 30 minutes or it doesn't count. Perfectly healthy person with no other morbidity, no other comorbidities, healthy, and within 30 minutes die of the vaccine or it doesn't count. See how stupid the scientists are? Scientists aren't what you think. Now, I, I figured all this out because two and a half years of talking to scientists, I thought they were like, you know, generally decent people. They are not. I lost faith in scientists over this past two and a half years. I'm like, I can't believe that groupthink takes precedence over children's lives. Because they're part of this Democrat party. And you know how dumb the Democrats will look when I expose the stupidity of this COVID vaccine. They will look incredibly stupid. And so they don't want this to come out. So everywhere I went, I was banned. Everywhere I went, I was banned nonstop. I didn't even think to get on Twitter. So I went on Twitter because I got neck surgery and my surgeon was super impressed with what I had to say. He couldn't believe it. He knew some people that were famous in, in social media. And he said, you should, and one of them told him, that, oh, I should try Twitter. I didn't even think to because it wasn't a professional forum. I'm like, what am I going to get done there? Yeah. Right. And I was mad and I was ranting and raving. And I was so mad. And then I started realizing the anti-vaxxer leaders weren't helping me. <laughs> so of all the people on earth who would help me, I thought they would be the ones, love this information, take it, run with it. But they wouldn't. So I concluded that the science leaders on both sides were a problem. Obviously, the Fauci's of the world, the Caliphs of the world, the Linsky's of the world, they are going to lose their dignity if this all comes out. They don't want that. They're going to lose their position. They're going to lose too much. The anti-vaxxer leaders, what do they have? What do they have again? Why wouldn't they take up the information? Because they have their newfound social media power, and they love it. And it's like Frodo's ring. They can't take it off. They yeah. want to get it so badly. They're gullum. They're the gullums of the world. And why do I say this so easily? It wasn't easy for me to say. This is two and a half years of figuring this out. That Jay Bhattacharya, the great Barrington Declaration. I went back to all my notes. I had been emailing him for over a year. And then when I got on Twitter, he was one that I didn't, I just forgave him because I thought, oh, he never got the emails because he's a busy man. Then when I finally, you know, in that little group on Twitter, when his friends liked my stuff, he never even liked one thing. And I started getting a little suspicious. I'm like, what, what, the, what the F is going on? Why can't he even just like it? And then I started going after him. Mean. I'm like, you're a dumb fuck. <laughs> I mean, you're you're either dumb because you don't understand what I'm saying, or you're a fucking asshole because children are getting vaccinated with a shit shot. And you can help me stop it with this amazing science. I'm showing them the antibody doesn't get in the lung, and it wasn't even there in the year 2020. So you can help me stop it. And you have an audience. So why wouldn't you help me? So there's only one answer. You're a dumb fuck. You're either dumb or you're a fucking asshole. There is no <laughs> explanation for why you wouldn't pick up my information. Yeah. 
And so one by one, I went through them all. Even RF Jr., RK Jr. I have nothing bad to say about the man. Sure. I just know that he loved my information. I know because when I talked to his lawyer, he gave me 30 seconds. He got it out. His lawyer must have thought, oh, this guy must know something. And it sounds important. Sent it to RK Jr. He emailed his group of whatever, 10, 15 people in that email group, including all these people, Corey and Nass. And I didn't know all these people. And why shouldn't he? So if they get the information from RK Jr., shouldn't they do something with it? I think you're correct. The, uh, the Gollum analogy. You do have a lot of people who you almost feel <clears throat> you almost feel naive for you're like hey we're trying to like do the right thing and you know trying to fight censorship and get awareness out and then they don't want anything to do with you and you're like what i thought you were i thought you were trying to do the right thing and there is this weird yeah you can always tell something's up when they'll be like you know fuck censorship free speech and then it will be like buy my merch here and you're like oh you're just you just can't which Hey man, I get it. You, everybody's trying to get their money. I mean, I I get it, but it's yeah, it's it little, doesn't sit well with me. No, it's a little disheartening. I mean, you know, do whatever. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but yeah, it's a little disheartening when you're like, oh, it's like we're gonna fight the system. Fuck tyranny. Subscribe to my web series, and you're like, <laughs> oh, you you motherfucker, you're not, you're not doing. We're gonna save the kids. We're gonna. There's heart attacks everywhere. This is part of a new world order. Add to my Patreon. You're like, oh. Eat a dick. Fuck you. Yeah. No, I I get that feeling. I know. And so I had to, this morning. I I went after Doctor Gold again, <laughs> and you know I know she she did a lot. She did a lot, and I am not allowed to grow. I have twenty thousand followers, and it like whatever Fauci's daughter must have done something to my Twitter algorithm. I they she won't let it. it, it they won't let it grow. Obviously, big farm is powerful. They pay off a lot of people. So Dr. Gold, I'm like, you have a big megaphone. I don't have time to build it up like that before they decide to squash all of us. We need to unite, join forces. Now, was I rude? Yeah, was I rude? Yeah, because I've had too many experiences with these anti-vaxxers. But her followers are wondering why she's not responding to me. Because I go on all her tweets and throw all my stuff everywhere. Well, if you don't like me, block me. She knows she can't block me because I am going to be the one that stops the COVID vaccine. So she knows, she knows she can't just block me. And so she won't, but she wants her followers to think I'm a rude, bad person. And, you know, they, for them not to like me. But my, my, my points are impeccable. I'm like, you think I'm rude? Well, Dr. Gold, being rude to children and letting them in getting, be injected with a shit shot, when you can stop it with my science, how rude is that? So overlook my rudeness to you because you have the megaphone and I have the science. If you have better science, bring it. Let your followers see, but you have nothing. And I have a lot. And while you were in prison, I was writing the 73 pages that will put Fauci in prison. So you think, whatever time you've been in prison, we all feel for you. But if anyone has to choose, oh, 73 page letter that puts Fauci, potentially puts Fauci in prison or your prison sentence, we could care less about your prison time. You're not Gandhi. Yeah. You probably yeah. Yeah. What are we worried about your prison time for? Okay, it's how smart you fight the battle. And I can't develop the megaphone that she has. I'm not this little sparkling pretty little woman, but she has the megaphone. And I'm not gonna get there to 500,000 followers. Twitter will never let me, but I have the science. And together, boom, it's over. Because, see, the moment every scientist sees it, it's like, what the hell is going on here? And everyone debates it. It's over. The COVID vaccine will be stopped. No mother on earth in their right mind will, will ever vaccinate their child when they're like, hey, there's a huge issue. People are saying the antibody doesn't get in the lung. That's simple. But why won't she share it? She's afraid to block me. She's definitely afraid to block me. You know, Dr. Seem is that cardiologist who said, oh, my dad died. He got famous for that. Okay, so I was nice to him. Give him all my information. I said, you promised you want vengeance for your dad. Here's how we do it. 
because I know the PrEP Act, I know the law, and I, and I know that I have this paper trail that I gave them for a year. And if you want vengeance for your dad, this is the way. I have the plan. I, I, I did this. So this is the way to get vengeance. I laid out the roadmap for how to, you really promise you want vengeance for your dad. So I, I just let him sit on it for two weeks. He said nothing. Not a single like nothing. I already know. He doesn't want to share his megaphone. I said nothing because his dad died. And it's not gonna, it's not a good look for me to go after somebody whose dad died, right? Then at what, 12 in the morning at midnight or something, I was on Elon's thread. Not a good thing to do. 12 in a row, it's Elon. I'm like, hey, Trump supporters, please don't comment above on mine so that mine stays up the top, all right? Elon's not gonna like that, is he? Because I had a million dollar bet. I said that ribonucleus enzyme destroyed a million times more COVID RNA strands and lung cells than your antibody did. Million dollar bet, come on. A million times more, I said. My molecule has to destroy a million times more COVID RNA strands than your antibody. And if I lose, I give you a million dollars. And I put that on Elon's top right, right up there, right? On like a couple of them. And I said, Elon, 15 tweets, rah, being noisy. And then I'm gone on Twitter. I am off and I can't get access to my account. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. I, I fucked up. I fucked up real bad. <laughs> Two hours of just, I'm like, ah, I'm so stupid. And I'm reliving everything I've done and all the different times I got canceled. This is not right. I got, but I was alive for three, four weeks, so longer than most. But then, two hours later, I was back up. Now I'm pretty sure I can't be killed on Twitter. I have a feeling Elon actually read my. I had my one thread that was pinned said, "My most rational argument against the vaccine." I think he read it, and I think he just wants to see it play out. So as soon as I got back online, I'm I'm up again. And I, the first thing I see is Asim bragging that, hey, I just did Weinstein. I'm going to go on Joe Rogan. What do you think? He doesn't seem sad to me anymore. It's about his fame. And I like, Asim, 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 whatever your name is, what the fuck do you have to say? Is there anything you have to say? What? Tell me what you have to say. What? Your dad died. What else do you have to say? I gave you all this information on how you can, you promised your dad, you want vengeance for him. I gave you the roadmap. There is no better roadmap on earth on how to get vengeance for your dad than what I just laid out for you. And not a single light. What, what do you have to say? What do you have to say to Joe Rogan? You have shit, you have nothing. So of course I got some backlash for that. I got backlash. And you know, I think he hired people to you know, say, hey, what are you doing? You're, you're unhinged, you're not nice. So I laid low for a little bit. But the bottom line is, the person I am, I'm out for fairness. The person I am is the reason why I did all this up to this point. And I'm not going to start becoming polite. Because if you want to assess what rudeness is, if I'm sending out mean little tweets to an adult versus children being injected with a shit shot, that you're allowing because you won't use the best science on earth to take down the vaccine, who is more rude? Yeah. So I have to keep going. And I'm never going to use my mother. I mean, my mother just, she had a stroke. I'm sorry. Man. Yeah, she had a stroke on half a brain. So, you know, I'm not going to try to use that. You know, I'm processing that in a completely different way. You know, I, I know. It. So it's been three days for her. So I don't care about somebody's dead father. Yeah. When they seem excited. When they seem excited and they're going to be all happy to be on Joe Rogan. I don't care about it anymore. I don't care about their sadness anymore. Yeah. I don't care. So everyone, you know, this is a, you see, science should never get to this point where an ophthalmologist can expose the stupidity of immunologists this easily. 
so my mentor, he's, he's the one that's kept me going. He's kept me, you know, he's given me plenty of energy. He's the one that said, look, Joe, I think you're going to go to Stockholm. And every time I need to, you know, some emotional energy and somebody to talk to, he's always been there for me. Because obviously I felt crazy throughout this whole journey. I'm like, am, am I really crazy here? I mean, no one has to respond to what I say. They don't have to explain how the antibody enters the lung airspace. They just can ignore me and that's all okay. And they can vaccinate children without knowing what the hell they're doing. It's a weird world. And I blame the Democrats because this campaign against misinformation, obviously I'm not misinformation. They are the misinformation. This campaign against misinformation kept me from getting disinformation out that I stopped death from the vaccine and I stopped a lot more death from the virus because if you know how to handle it, because our bodies did an amazing job, facilitate what our body did. Our body did an amazing job and we can do it, just not eat. So yeah, I'm frustrated with the Democrats. I, I hope Trump wins and the swamp is not just political. The swamp is academic, the NIH, all the academic researchers. There's a there's a big swamp there. Well, I think you're correct. I think we're uh <clears throat> I think what COVID has showed us is not that there's a new corruption. I think it's exposing a corruption that's been there for decades and we're just now starting to realize it's there it's kind of like a tide going down and you're seeing all the shipwrecks it's been there forever I we're agree. just becoming aware of it um there's a lot of emotions that go along with that you know myself not excluded uh i think you're spot on with the with the dangers of censorship and misinformation it it has real effects on uh real people's lives um we have to we have to all use this note till we got to wrap this one up. Um, I got, I got another guy I got to interview in a second. Um, I, mean, I loved it. Dr. Lee, I'd love to have you on again, man. Sooner than Absolutely, later. Absolutely. Anytime. You're, a, you're, you're, you're a natural. You just did my job for me for an hour. I just sat here and nodded. You, you, oh, you, I mean, you, you did a self interview. That was brilliant. That was fucking great. Um, <laughs> text me your, uh, text me your website and your Twitter and I'll put it in the description. Perfect. And, um, this episode will be up in a couple of hours. I'll upload it and I'll send you all the links to it, man. And um, yep, you can do it. Everything's good. You can put it. up whatever you want. Got it. And I'm, again, sorry, I'm cutting this one off so abruptly. No problem. Um, but it's um, my fault. I got here late. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, let's schedule another one sooner than later. All right. That's awesome. Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much.